Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. You know, right now we're trying to pick things up, you know, living with COVID-19. But in recent weeks, we've seen how the world is facing another disease outbreak in the form of monkeypox. In the latest update, there was one more local monkeypox case reported in Singapore yesterday. That brings the total number of cases here to 11. More cases? Should we be worried? Naturally, we would be. But is there reason to believe that monkeypox could become another pandemic? Well, on the line with me this morning is Dr. Asok Kurup, who is infectious disease expert for Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Good morning, Dr. Asok. How are you? Yeah, good morning. How are you? Very good. So it's been a while. Unfortunately, we are catching up again on not so good circumstances. Let's try and get to know monkeypox first. I mean, tell us a little bit about this disease that the WHO has declared uh, a disease of concern, a bit of an emergency. Yeah, you know, so it's not as if it is like COVID-19, which was, you know, a complete surprise and no one knew enough of it. But this monkeypox, well, the world knew about it even in the late 1950s, at least in primates and so on. And in the 1970s, we had human cases. So it's not as if we don't know anything about the virus. We Mm. do know it. In fact, we already have some ammunition against it by way of therapy by way of vaccines, although a lot of these things were made for smallpox because it's also related to smallpox. Okay. So in the past, as far as we understood, the epidemiology of the disease was mainly confined to Africa and it was a zoonosis, meaning that, you know, you had to get it from certain types of, you know, crisscross from species from animals and get it to humans. But it's kind of like self-limited. But now we are appreciating a completely different epidemiology, as you know. Is gone into a huge way, and we don't quite understand the reason, whether it's a biological behavior of the virus versus some other mode of transmission and stuff. And so this is what we are still on a learning curve about. So this virus actually causes an infection, call it a prodrome, when it starts off with a fever, a flu-like illness, in other words. Right. You get fever, tiredness, malaise, lethargy, then you get lymph node swelling, and then followed by a rash. But this is not quite the case now with this new wave. A lot of people have a rash which actually can precede the prodromal flu-like symptoms. And sometimes those symptoms may not even appear at all. In other words, you might just have a rash and that too, the rash can be confined to uh, certain parts of the genital area, something that was not appreciated before in the old understanding in the epidemiology as we knew it last time. So there are certain characteristics of this new wave which we are still beginning to understand. Okay. How can you contract monkeypox? Yeah, so we have benefited from a recent publication of an article. And in this context, it was a collaborative of several different clinical experiences put together across the globe. And that tells us that more than 95 to maybe 98% of individuals had some form of sexual activity. You know, So that is one of the chief modes of supposed transmission as we understand it. Okay. Maybe it's close contact, maybe it's sexual, we don't know. Okay. As we understand it from before, respiratory large droplets can do that. And it's close contact can do that as well. But we also understand that there are some children getting reports of it in some other countries and that may be because they are in the same household mm. as individuals. So, you know, as you mentioned earlier on about the spread into the community, that's not ruled out eventually. And how sick can you get? 
So not really that sick. I mean, it can be sick in the context of being irritated by those lesions because apparently the skin lesions which can appear in the genital areas, mm. on the um, throat, the mouth, you can get pharyngitis, all those things. And it can be pretty painful. Mm. And a lot of people have described that and that they had aggravated lesions and the pain and that. So it's not as if you get sick in your ICU, you require a lot of support. It's not like that. It's just a lot of irritation, and I don't think we are appreciating a great deal of mortality from this. So it seems to be a more benign, self-limiting type of an illness. Although there are subsets of individuals, maybe with more aggravated symptoms, maybe some other predispositions from a medical perspective who actually... Uh, receive some form of specific therapy. Right. So I'm guessing with regard to the rash, it's almost like, not to draw a direct comparison, but if you had chickenpox, you want to be careful that that's already an infectious point in that sense. Yeah. Okay. I guess in that sense, would you say that given our current COVID-19 so-called safe protocols, does that mitigate the spread in some sense? I mean, we're wearing masks. There is still some social distancing. Does that go some way? I don't really think so because if we understand the epidemiology of what's panning out in some parts of the world, I think it has to do with very close contact in other ways, you know. Right. So this will be in like certain types of sexual networks and so on. So I think we need to address those kind of risk groups because, I mean, they could be the epicenter and then it spreads and gets on to the rest of the community. And so, as I mentioned, if it gets on to other parts, then, of course, people can transmit to each other in the MRT and all that. But it hasn't come to that yet. So we have to get it in the context of where it is actually rooting and don't let it go underground. We shouldn't be stigmatizing groups and we want people to come forth and everyone work together in this regard so that we don't get a huge situation. But mm-hmm. I don't think our local measures that we are having right now is actually going to, you know, really, to some extent, of course, large droplets and we are not being so social. But you see, the behavior is different, right? I yeah. mean, if you're... Yeah. In the risk group, you will be going and, you know. So the other thing, before I forget, I wanted to get across to the public, is also with regards to STIs, the sexually transmitted infections. Yeah. Because a lot of these people can be misdiagnosed as having some form of STIs, given that a lot of the lesions appear in the genital areas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if people suspect themselves of having something like that, I think it's important to also think about monkeypox. Yeah, actually, on the point of what you just said, uh, I guess being Asian, this next question might be a bit uncomfortable. We'll, we'll tackle it bit by bit. So the WHO uh, has specifically come out to say that men who have sex with other men are at the highest risk of infection right now from monkeypox. 99% of the cases are among men. At least 95 of those patients are men who have sex with other men, according to WHO officials. The WHO chief, Tedros Adham Ghebreyesus, has said that men who have sex with men should consider limiting their sexual partners to lower their risk of infection and reduce the spread. Of course, like you mentioned, doctor, you know, don't stigmatize groups. I wanted to clarify, though, because it's easy to read a report like that and think that monkeypox is a sexually transmitted disease. Point of clarification, it's not, right? Yeah, so we know that it is not an STD even from before. But, you know, the way in which the epidemiology is panning out right now with the large gay pride events that were in the context of a lot of measures that were post-COVID coming off and so on, I think it led to the spread, unfortunately, exacerbating it. So I think it wasn't predominantly, but unfortunately, it took on a life of its own in that regard. 
But just like how the HIV pandemic began, the original, I don't know whether people remember it, maybe Elliot, you're too young, but um, <laughs> AIDS was originally described, unfortunately, as GRID before, G-R-I-D, which was gay-related immune deficiency syndrome before right. that stigma was removed. So in the same way that people start pointing fingers at specific groups and victimize them and so on, Please remember that we have to take leaf out of the page of yeah. history books of uh, HIV. Yeah, yeah. Understand how things panned out those days, and we don't stigmatize groups, and we have to understand the science and go with it. Yeah. You polarize groups, you compartmentalize them, etc. Then you are done for. It's going to go underground. You're not going to get control of, of this. Course. It's going to spread everywhere else. Yeah. Don't be judgmental about anything. We still don't understand exactly. To be honest, I mean, mm. no doubt they have detected in the seminal fluid of individual monkeypox virus, but it's not really been understood whether those are live virus that can be infectious or not. And that too is just in a subset of individuals. So mm. this is kind of where we need a lot more information. Which hopefully we will get in the near future. Yeah. No, I'm grateful that you mentioned that. At the end of the day, all this naturally popping up because of social activity, uh, naturally after the post-COVID-19. But think before you cast your first stone, uh, obviously. Dr. Asok, I suppose to wrap things up, there's naturally going to be talk about or speculation about mass vaccination. Do we really need to come to this? I think, you know, we have to think about vaccinating risk groups. Okay, and those risk groups can be the ones that we mentioned in terms of people who are vulnerable, but also frontliners, maybe laboratory staff as well. So I think there will be that kind of talk as well as trying to maybe get a stockpile of medications and so on like that. But for mass vaccinations, the way that we have all been tired out from COVID-19 is likely not going to pan out. You know, I don't think it's even going to pan out into the later future because I think we understand that the genealogy of this disease and condition to be vastly different from COVID-19. So I think it's not going to go that way. All right. I've been speaking with Dr. Asok Kurup, who is infectious disease expert at Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Thank you so much for your time, doctor. Take care. Have a great day ahead. Yeah. All right. You too. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.